Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're going over all those amazing shows that only had one season reality-wise. I'm your host, Frank Fesnight III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us as we delve deeper into our series on Mexican dynasties. Today we're going to be doing episode six, Love is in the Air. Yeah. And Love is in the Air. Where did the title come from this time? I didn't even think of that. It's a real, I, I think that it referred to Oscar. Oh, okay. And maybe Paulina, but like it's a lead up to what's going to happen next episode. There's a lot of dates with a, many different people on next episode. So okay, it's it. kind of a leader. Got it. Into. And um, I don't have a ton of Twitter, just a little uh, niddly bit here and there. Um, let's see, where is, because um, we just recorded, um, what, four days ago? Yeah. Yeah, it was recently. Um, okay, so um, the only thing that we got was um, Heather and I obviously both follow, podcast follows um, Raquel um, on um, social media. And obviously Heather, Glen Cookie does too, because as soon as I get alerts from Raquel, she then sends them to me with good stuff. So thank you for being <laughs> on top of it, Heather. Um, so the two exciting things are tonight at 8 p.m. Today is Sunday, May 3rd. Um, the cast of Mexican Dynasties is doing a live Zoom, which I'm going to sign up for. I don't know if I'll be able to ask questions or if it's just going to be watching them, but I'm super excited about that. And then Bravo also announced that um, on Tuesday, um, starting at 6 a.m., which is Cinco de Mayo, um, they're marathoning Mexican Dynasties. So I put that out on, um, the po- on Twitter for all of you. Hopefully you saw it. So you can set your DVRs and record so you can follow along with us if you haven't been able to watch. Um, I think, I don't know if you did yet, but I, I think Mayor was going to put it on the Instagram as well. I storied um, it yesterday. So yeah, so that's really exciting news, you guys. Um, so Perfect if you timing. haven't been able to watch, um, now you can record them all and watch along with us. Um, so that's pretty much it for Twitter. Okay. That's perfect timing, though. Now everybody can record it and watch whatever episodes they want. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, and then in terms of Corona Land, um, I um, spent all my. It was I, here in DC. It was beautiful yesterday, yes. and I went out for a run and spent my whole time like aggro screaming at people. Like I am putting out a PSA right now. If you ever had a fucking bike, ride it in the fucking street. Stop riding it on the goddamn... Why should I have to run down the middle of the street so you can ride your fucking bike on the side? I've had it with people on bikes. Had it. There's no traffic. There's, like, no cars. There's no reason for you to be on your goddamn bike on the sidewalk. Get the fuck off. Yeah, there really isn't. No. And and it's funny because I was talking to our friend Jill, and she said she hasn't come across that where she lives in town. Um, So maybe it's more because I'm running down towards the mall in that area that I encounter it more, but it's making me insane. I would say that under normal circumstances because of tourists who don't know where to ride, but we can't have that many tourists right now, I would think. No, it's all, it's all people from here, and half of them are on those stupid city bikes. Yeah. Like, get in the fucking street, dicks. Um, so there's that, <laughs> which is soup's fun. Um, and then I came upon a very depressing realization. Um, I don't know if you guys have been following... Um, um, Leslie, is it Leslie Jordan? Who's the little, this is going to be so stupid. The guy from Will and Grace. 
Oh, I don't know his name. Yes, Leslie Jordan. I'm sorry. I, I always think want to think Leslie Jones. Leslie Jordan, the guy who played Beverly Leslie on Will and Grace. He's hysterical and funny, and he's become a sensation during this pandemic because he's been doing really funny, like, Instagram stories, and people are real into it. Um, and I came upon the depressing realization that my voice is never going to change. Because I always thought by the time I was, like, a really old man, like, I would sound less, like, high and pitchy. But Leslie Jordan's, like, 70 and still sounds just like me. So there's that. Um, I've been coming to grips with that. Um, I think I'll be fine with it by tomorrow. Oh, I'm so sorry. No no real highlights in the past four days? Um, oh, well, I mean, the TV highlight, um, I watched two things that I thought were great on Netflix. I watched Never Have I Ever, um, which is the new Mindy Kaling show. It was really cute and funny and touching. Um, and then yesterday I watched Hollywood, Ryan Murphy's new mini. I, it, it's weird because it's listed as a mini series in media posts about it, but Netflix says season one. So I don't know if they're going to do another season, but it was really good. And okay. for anyone out there who read Scotty Bauer's autobiography, Full Service, um, it's basically part of it is a fictionalized version of that, his story, which was really interesting because he ran a prostitution ring out of a gas station in old time Hollywood. So I really enjoyed it. Okay, cool. How about you? So I had a funny moment and I thought of you just the morning after we recorded last time because I went for another run and I of course was running down 16th street, which is Mm -hmm. a pretty big street here in DC. You can see the Washington monument and there were people on the sidewalk and there were cop cars because they're monitoring that park right there. And I had to run pretty far into the street and cars moved for me. See, Kelly Benson had it right. She knows what she's doing. (laughs) It was like I was a one woman parade and they had to veer out of my way. It was Mm -hmm. incredible. And I waved at them all like a beauty queen because I was just being friendly and trying to pay it forward. It's soup's fun. It is. Um, Another highlight in dog related news. She continues to behave and be amazing. And we had her out on her little like, front yard lead the other night and her two best friends stopped by and they all played in our front yard. Oh, fun. All the owners had a drink at a safe social distance. And now I have a picture of my dog and her two best friends all sharing the same stick. Amaze. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's the little things. And my in-laws stopped by yesterday and we took a, a socially distanced walk and it was just very nice to I don't know, see a familiar face that's not my husband's or not on my computer. So nice. Yes. I had a um, surprise special guest like a week or so ago. I don't know if I told you this, but um, our friend Jess from book club and her husband, Tim stopped by my house. They were down here um, for a run and stopped and get food. So she called me and I sat on my porch and they sat on the sidewalk and we chatted for a while. It was nice. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. You did not tell me that, but it feels good. Just like, yeah, it's not, it's not exactly interaction, but I I'll take what I can get, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and I do want to touch on the Kristen Cavallari divorce just before we dive into oh, Dynasty. Oh, can we please? Yes. Let's go for it. So I just, you know, important announcement for everyone to buckle in because it's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> There is not a day that goes by that there is not a headline about Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler. It is getting messy fast. It's getting messy fast. And her PR team must be working around the clock. It's Kristen was unhappy. Kristen feared this. Kristen feared that. Jay's withholding this. Jay's withholding that. They are going to make him into a monster. I'm pretty sure he is one, though. They might not have to try that hard. You think? You really think this is all him? And none, none of it is her? 
No, it takes two. But he does not seem like the nicest guy. Gotcha. She, I'm sure she is, you know, she's a celebrity, right? Like she's got to be somewhat self-involved and all that kind of stuff. And he probably is too, but he retired like how many years ago and maybe kind of gave up wanting to be in the spotlight and she didn't. But he seems like watching their show, he doesn't like her. <laughs> I'll be curious. Yeah, I'll be curious to see like how long this drags out for. I think it's going to be a while. Yeah, it's it's not going to be Bethany Frankel bad because that was what like five years of her life. It's not even funny. Oh, I think um, it was even longer than that. Yeah, it was like I don't even know if they're done yet. Look at the custody I, stuff. I don't know, but they are officially divorced now. I believe they are, but I, I think she's still having to go to court for custody stuff with him. That's horrible. Well, this this I wish that on absolutely no one, but this yeah. is going to be interesting, to say the least. And with that, I have another Margarita Minute. Let's hit, hit it. Okay. So this week's Margarita Minute is Doris Basudo Dorenbaum. That's her last name. <clears throat> so very coffee today. Sorry, guys. She is the oldest daughter of Raquel and Leon. As we know, she has a sister, Patricia, and of course her brother, Isaac, who passed away in 1980. So Doris was born May 20th, 1964. So we may get to celebrate her birthday on the air. Oh. Yeah. Um, so she was 16 when her brother passed away. And which is interesting because she said that in this episode. Um, and she, like her mother, went to University of Texas, Austin. And she got her bachelor's degree in radio, TV, and film production. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> And she graduated in 1985. So for a long time, she was the U.S. liaison and social media director for a Mexican-based like communications firm uh-huh. for 10 years. And then she has been a partner at a female-led production company in L.A. for four years, almost five, and still works there. Her husband, Jorge, also graduated in 1985. He went to Boston University. And he worked for Getty Images Latin America, which we did know. Um, he worked there for 21 years. Like she was, oh, wow. She was not kidding when she said that he worked there for a long time. Um, and now he's the vice president of international sales and marketing for Fleet Street, um, which I thought at first was a film production company because it sounded familiar. But they do wholesale retail stuff. And the brands they work with are Kendall and Kylie, Vince Camuto, Gloria Vanderbilt, Rachel Roy, Derek Lamb. So he really pulled a 180 from working with like images to fashion. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, so they got married on October 28th, 1990. And as we know, she met him when she was 18. And I'm pretty sure they've been together ever since. Um, and they have two kids. Nathan is 23 and Joella is 26. And they live in Beverly Hills. Pretty short and sweet. Um, but, you know, we've also learned a lot about Doris through the show, about her family, and she's her mom's manager and all that fun stuff. And she is still all those things also. I wonder if we've seen the kids at um, the Richards kids' birthday parties or the Umanskis kids' birthday parties on Beverly Hills. Probably. Like, I'm sure that her kids go to Farrah's Halloween, Farrowween, whatever, party because they're around the same age as her. 
Yeah. Um, I did find pictures of her kids. They didn't look particularly familiar to me, but that doesn't mean they're not there. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think we'd recognize them, but it's just cool to think that they're probably in the background of some shots of Housewives of Beverly Hills parties. I know. It made me curious to go back to the episodes of um, Beverly Hills where they've gone to Mexico. And like, I wonder if they met up with Doris at all, even though she lives in Beverly Hills. Like, I wonder if she's in a background anywhere. I'd almost be more curious to go back and watch all the episodes of Kyle's white parties. Or like the agency parties or something. Yeah, but the white parties, I feel like, is where we'd really see at least Doris and um, Jorge. Yeah. In the background. Yeah. But anyway, short and sweet, as most of these are. (laughs) But that's Doris for you. Are you ready? I am. Okay, so we start the episode with our usual montage of people getting ready for their day, which I've grown to love. Um, this one baffled me a little bit because Oscar's kids are, were they in the bathtub with clothes on? It it was also seemed to be an outdoor bathtub. Yes. Like a beautiful big, my parents have a tub like that. It's like one of those like four person, it looks like a jacuzzi almost, but it's a bathtub. So I'm now convinced that that beautiful atrium in his bathroom, which is where that tub was down the stairs, it must open like a a three season room sort of deal, but with a bathtub. So I think that's why it looked outdoors. But I couldn't figure out what the kids were doing in there. I'm assuming that the probably the production was like, let's do a quirky shot of you with the kids in the bathtub. And they just did it with their like uh, bathing suits on or whatever. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) Uh, And then Jorge uh, and Doris say goodbye. He's going back to California. And Fernando is wearing a vest... Is it one of those like pulsating workout vest yep. things? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yes, he is electrocuting himself to better health. Okay. Um, and then Alan is making omelets for him and Jenny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I like the morning montages, even though we have no proof that they're actually morning. Um, and but- that's where we kind of stay. Yes. Because then Alan and Jenny have a talk about Alan um, maybe taking Adon to see the luchadors without his parents, just the two of them, just a brother outing. Yeah. And Alan and Jenny have a really funny back and forth about how he should be the skinny and Alan should be the short and those should be the wrestling names. And it was very cute and funny. It was very cute and funny. And I also like that they were reflecting on the Shabbat dinner and Jenny says, Adon was so well behaved. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but they actually, the scene is just really sweet because they're cracking each other up. Like, yeah, they totally. they're, yeah, they're just, they think that each other is so funny. And then we go to Madrazo family outing. They're going out for dinner and Oscar is just doling out wigs to all the children. Um, he is. And, but before that, he has another like vaping fit. <laughs> or no, I guess it's the, later, yeah. That's after the pina colada comment. Yeah. So he, he talks about, Paulina announces that she's going to order for everyone. Okay. And the kids order like virgin pina coladas because when you're a kid and you go out to a dinner, that's what you do. Like you get a Shirley Temple or like a virgin something. And Oscar thinks that it's glamorizing pina coladas and drinking to them. And he says, pina colada today, tomorrow they'll be vaping. Yeah, he's all in on the vaping. Like, he should become the national spokesperson for anti-vaping campaign because it is his biggest fear. It really is, which seems... So the show was filmed in 2018, right? 
Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a little ahead of the curve, though. Like, he wasn't wrong to be afraid of his children vaping. Yeah. So there you go. He's he's on the times. And he also announces to the family that he's been asked to give a TED Talk um, about his experience with surrogacy and this modern family that they've built. Um, and we get a little background on Paulina and her ex-husband and that he left. Which is interesting. I mean, I would love to know the logistics behind, like, it's, it sounds like he's just completely out of the picture altogether. That's what I thought. And I was surprised because she, it didn't say that like, oh, he still sees the kids or anything. It sounded like he just vaporized. Yeah. Which is interesting because a lot of times I feel like when things like that become an issue, it's a financial thing. But she's got plenty of money. So if he's got plenty of money, it's not like she was going after his money. And if he had no money, he would get child support and alimony from her. So I don't, it just seemed weird. Like you don't think of people in this echelon of money having parents that disappear. Yeah. But maybe it was a situation where he got remarried and had kids with someone else and now he just prioritizes like his second family or whatever. Maybe, but I feel like he'd still then bop in occasionally, like at the holidays or something. I don't know. Look at like Bruce Jenner with Brody and Brandon. But he was still around. I mean, he didn't pay much attention to them, but he was still around. Maybe that's what she means, though. I don't know. I was surprised. Um, I'll try to see if I can find out tonight on the Zoom if they're taking questions. That'll be one of my questions. <laughs> okay. Well, Paulina will probably be one of my next Margarita Minutes, too, because I want to know more about her. Um, but so they have this moment where they're explaining this modern family that they've built and why they all feel like they're so special and they love each other so much. And Paulina says, you know, that her kids come from a broken family but that they've created a new one with Oscar and his children and all that kind of stuff. And her oldest daughter, who Cassandra, Cassandra. Right? Mm-hmm. is she older than Axel and Anique or about the same age? I think they're the same age. Yeah. Like very close. In That's age. right. She because be 12, you know, and they're 13 or. Yeah. yeah. So she hears her mom say this and she cries and she's just very upset And I found it very touching that Oscar is the one that makes her feel better. And he calls her over and she sits on his lap and he says, nothing has ever been broken. Um, I have to say, I think I'm on my period because I definitely like teared up a couple times during this episode. (laughs) It's a good thing thing Amazon sent you those panty liners. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, they are very sweet with their children. Like, and they... I don't know. I just really like, he has become what his mother was to him with his kids and his niece and nephew. Like he's super defensive and very loving and he never wants them to apologize for being who they are and feeling what they feel. And I just think it's really sweet. It is really sweet. And then they announce that they're going on a hot air balloon ride and Oscar starts panicking. And the kids are very excited about it, so. Yeah, as most kids would be. I will say, too, the one other thing about those drinks at the restaurant, like, how could you not, no matter what age you are, order something? Because they were so cool. They were all, like, liquid nitrogen and smoking and, like, doing all kinds of cool, fun things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) And if he didn't want his kids to have one of those, he probably could have told them no. Oh, yeah, 100%. They also let their kids have wine when they buried the bird, didn't they? Yeah. 
there you go. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. Um, so then we go to see Raquel and Doris, and they are being interviewed by Classe magazine. I was a little distracted because I don't think I'd ever noticed before the wall-sized portrait of Raquel. Oh. Um, in the, is it the dining room, living room, whatever room it's in? It is pretty amazing. It is. I also like that, so they're coming over to be interviewed and photographed, and they're getting interviewed about very emotional subjects as they're getting their makeup put on. So Doris is in the middle of the makeup and like can't stop crying because they're talking about her dead brother and her father and like all these difficult things. It's impossible not to cry. I wonder though if that was almost a conscious choice because better to have those questions asked and have you cry while you're getting your makeup done before the photo shoot so it can be fixed than to do it after the makeup is done and the artist is left and then you've got tear strings on your face and you have to do this photo shoot. So I wonder if that was almost a conscious choice. Probably. I also thought it was interesting that Raquel had a full face of makeup on before the crew came, whereas Doris had nothing on. Yeah. (laughs) And this is for um, Classe Magazine. C-L-A-S-E. Yeah. Classe. Classe. (laughs) Um, So they talk a lot about um, Doris's brother, Raquel's son who passed away, and Leon, um, and how he never really recovered from the son's death as we knew and Raquel being the rock of the family. She basically looked at her husband and said, we still have two daughters, you have to pull it together. Yeah. And I can see that. She, she is a rock and you can tell. She's very stoic like that. Um, but that's about it. It's just kind of heartbreaking. But I, I do like their mother-daughter friendship. It seems like it's come a long way from what we've read about it, you know, when she was a teenager and chubby. Yeah, I mean, they seem to have a very genuine, warm relationship. Yeah, they do. Um, So then, in probably one of your favorite scenes of the episode, based on your (laughs) wardrobe choice today, Adan and Alan go shopping for wrestling masks to wear to the luchadors. And Uh, and I did the math. They want something unique. They want something unique. And um, I did the math. And the ones they were looking at were 580 pesos, which translates to 23.50 in U.S. dollars. Oh, fancy. Okay. Um, so <laughs> my, I think mine was like 10 or 15 when I, yeah. I got it in Cancun. Our, so, well, I'll ask you that in a second. So Adan wears one that is like animal print and he calls himself the Jaguar Prince. Mm-hmm. And Alan is the skinny Indian. And Adan says that it gives him like an erotic feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and Alan says, ew, stop it. Is that why you have yours? <laughs> um, for sure. That's why I have mine. <laughs> what what's your luchador name? Um I don't know. I haven't really thought of one. Um maybe the sparkly elephant. <laughs> <laughs> um so they they obviously buy these masks and they get matching capes and they're like flexing around and all that kind of stuff. And Alan looks at Adon and says, maybe you should do this instead of music, bro. <laughs> I, I don't think he's wrong. I think it could be a very good career path for Adon. I agree. And so then Adon assigns uh, wrestling personas to the rest of the family. And Fernando would be the silver stallion. His mother would be the Jaguar princess to his Jaguar prince, which... I could write a psychology book about. Mm -hmm. And Jenny is the serpent queen. 
which sounded awesome in Spanish, actually. It did. And she's very into it. (laughs) Yeah. And I could see Jenny in a serpent costume just killing it. For sure. I'm not mad about that at all. So then the boys sit down to have a meal before they go to this wrestling match. And they talk about what it's like being Fernando's son because the woman in the store selling the masks recognized them and said, are you Fernando's son? And so it's just- Alon. Right. Right. And Alan is the one that just doesn't really want to be known as someone's son. He wants to be known for being Alan. And Adon could not disagree more. (laughs) He doesn't care. He's the exact opposite. And he he's flattered by it. And he might have a line of his was bring on the cameras. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You wish Adon, you wish. Uh, and then they go to the wrestling match and they're the only ones dressed up. <laughs> they're the only ones dressed up. They look super hot. Like, yeah. I thought they looked really hot. Um, I also thought it was weird that they were the first ones there. Yeah. Like, they get in... I don't know if that's because they had to film beforehand, so they had to get there really early because they couldn't be filming with, like, a full crowd. But they pan around the arena and it's them and, like, eight other people. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was a little also- strange. I also thought it was funny that Alan is a little taller, but they have like the exact same torso. Like walking down the street, it's just like Alan is the slightly stretched out version. Yes. It's crazy. Uh, so then we go to Oscar and Paulina and it is 4.10 in the morning and they are ready to go hot air ballooning. And <laughs> they decide that even though it's 4 a.m., They've woken up the maids while they're waiting for their car service. They're going to do what they call the human sandwich, which is basically just like a cuddle puddle. A pile on, yeah. Yeah. And they ask the maids to take photos. And their maids are amazing. And they have a little song that they sing that they clearly wrote about the madrazos that is, have fun, have fun, go away already. (laughs) (laughs) I also like that they said you woke us up early and now you want to do the human sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> they must be really fun and really annoying. But I would rather work for Paulina and Oscar than Nando and Mari. For sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um so they go to the hot air balloon site and Oscar is just panicking. He has a fear of heights. <laughs> and he says, This is not how I want to die in a silver puffy jacket. <laughs> Um, I do because I loved that jacket. Like I, I don't do like silver puffy stuff, but that jacket was badass. And I want to know what outfit would he deem appropriate to die in? I bet his answer is fantastic. And I want to know. Ooh, maybe I'll try to ask him tonight. Yeah. So you don't want to die in a silver puffy jacket, but what would you die? What would you die in? <laughs> yeah. And... Paulina says that Oscar getting into a hot air balloon is like putting a cat in an ice bucket. so they go up in the hot air balloon and then oscar decides it's a good time to tell the family that his brazilian hookup boyfriend well before that we get a little bit of gabrielle and raquel um in their basket which i loved and i want an offsuit show with just the two of them i like one a girl's buddy show with gabrielle and raquel kind of like when oprah and gail like drove across the country i want that with them they it gets even better once they land the hot air balloons too. Oh, a hundred percent, yes. But I love them together. I absolutely love them together. Me too. So Oscar is talking about his Brazilian man and that his friend is coming to visit, and his son instantly like smells bullshit, and he says something's fishy about this. <laughs> 
and Oscar tries to laugh it off and he and his son's like no you've never really talked about someone like this and he just knows something is up it's pretty well something is fishy about this because last episode when he's talking about Tariq he says that they dated and that Tariq was way too into him like was moving too fast I think may have even proposed marriage and Oscar just wasn't ready but then we find out at this balloon ride that they just met four months ago in Brazil. Yeah. So I think that they probably spent like three or four days together. Like it was a hookup that lasted for a few days. And then Oscar came back. I mean, that math just doesn't add up. This is 90 day fiance waiting to happen. A hundred percent. Yes. So then the hot air balloons land at the pyramids. That was the whole point to go see these pyramids. And Gabriella and Raquel are pouring champagne into each other's mouths from it's the amazing. bottle. It's incredible. <laughs> I I want to rage with Gabriella. 100%. She seems so much fun. She seems like the funnest woman I've ever seen on television, I think. Yeah. I'm I'm I, here for her. I can't I can't think of one that seems so lighthearted and lovely than her. And if someone in Mexico didn't immediately get her to be the grandmaster of the P-Flag Pride Parade, like, they are missing out. Because she should be the queen of P-Flag. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then we go back to the studio with the Don. <laughs> um, all right. So he's there, and the producers are there, and they've decided that they're going to do the song, the video, and that the target is young girls. That's our that's our audience is young girls. And then we meet a Don's social media guru named Rodrigo. And Adon takes us through his peak social media day, what what he strives for. When I have to give the um editors mad shady props because they yes. were giving it to him. So these are the things that he considers relatable about himself. And that's what he decides to share several times a day. So one is waking up. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just, just waking up every day. Yep. Two is saying something inspirational. So then we get a clip of him showing off the results of three months of weight training and how his biceps got bigger. And he wants to talk to all the Adana dicks. <laughs> the club Adon fans when he mm-hmm. shows off his biceps. The third is a selfie. And then he likes to close out the day with a nighttime song. Yeah. I, I loved though, when he talks about his social media presence and how he thinks he's killing it. And then the editors show us a picture of his Instagram that only has had 211 likes. Yes. He's... And highlight it. Yeah. I was living for the shade. I also like that him waking up was just fake. It was him in like a lawn chair on the patio and then he just opens his eyes. It was terrible. It was terrible, but to be fair to him, my biggest pet peeve and it makes me angry is when I see pictures on social media of people either sleeping or waking up because it is the most contrived bullshit thing ever, especially when they're by themselves. I love when people post pictures of them, especially during this pandemic. I'm in a couple like stupid gay Facebook groups where people just post pictures um, of gay of gay people, not gay is stupid. Um, and a lot of them post pictures of themselves like quote unquote sleeping. And then what? someone will be like, 
What? Don't, aren't you alone? I thought you were alone. Like, it's so dumb. It's so contrived. It makes me insane. I've never seen that. Thank God. I'll send you, I'll forward some to you next time I see some. They're real fucking stupid. Okay. So then, of course, it comes out that Adon has invited his parents to the studio to listen to the song in its unveiling. And Mari says that they are the ones that have pulled it all together. They're footing the bill. And she says, this is a tripod project. I would love to know how much this is costing them between his social media manager that they're paying, these producers that they're paying, the studio time they're paying. Like, I would love to know what the bill is for all of this. Me too. And I forgot that they called themselves the tripod and it made my stomach turn a little bit. Yeah, it's a little (laughs) traumatic. Yeah. Um, So then we hear the song, which is an auto-tune buffet. And thank God, because it actually is, you can stomach it. Yeah, it's not that bad. No. But you can tell, obviously, because we've heard him sing, that I'm wondering what percentage of his voice was actually used in that track. Um, It's tough. My favorite thing about all of this, though, was the sidebar with Fernando and Mari when they're talking about, like, what age First loves. Yeah, your first loves. and. She says 14, and he's like, no, 19. And she's like, no, 14. And she says, at 19, you've been getting it for a long time. <laughs> and then he I leans, love Mari in these moments. And then he leans over and says, no, love, you don't get it at 14. And she said, well, I did. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Adon explains in his confessional to the producer, like, how he hits the high notes or, like, how he thinks he hits the high notes. Mm-hmm. And he does a plie yep. where he bends his knees and then goes up on his toes, and he tries to act it out while, like, grabbing his crotch. Yeah. It was kind of like a Michael Jackson-y moment, um, which we know his parents are trying to force him into anyway. And um, the weird thing about it, though, I thought, was that they pan down, but they don't pan all the way into his feet, which yeah. is the whole point, because he was supposed to be on his toes. But it was a, it was a weird, uncomfortable, like, cutaway. Right. I think that's why I noticed he was grabbing his crotch because they lingered there instead of going all the way down to the feet. Yes. It was not okay. Um, So then we go on a date with Paulina and her boyfriend, Jose. Um, And we learn a little bit more about him, uh, that they are 13 years apart in age, um, that they actually met at the grocery store 18 years ago. And they reconnected at an Oscar and Paulina party. And he basically said, you're the girl I've had a crush on forever, which is very cute. And they've been together now for six months. Yeah. And she makes a joke that he's slowly teaching her to like all the things that he likes, like motorcycles and cigars. And he admits that they're both very sexy and like they, they do have a very sweet rapport together. Um, And she (laughs) jokes about their age difference because he wants to be involved in her social media, but he doesn't really get it. And I guess they were out and he said, babe, take a hashtag with me because he didn't know what a selfie was or a hashtag. My favorite too is instead of likes, he calls them likeies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're very cute though. Uh, And we also learned that he's divorced and he has three kids of his own. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another thing that works for them is that they keep you know, their lives together, but separate in a way that seems beneficial to both of them. So. Yeah. Do we know if they're still together? I don't. No, I do not. Okay. I mean, I guess I'll find out tonight. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll talk about that. 
yeah, I'll make Paulina my next margarita minute and we'll see what's up. Um, so then we go back to Oscar and his children and he tells them some more about Tarek coming to visit and how they met. <laughs> and so he said they met online and immediately his children say Tinder or Grinder, which yeah, is a little hor- is a little horrifying. And so <laughs> I'm trying to remember where it goes from here because they're I think he admits that it was Grinder, right? He never does. What he does is like they say Tinder or Grinder and then they kind of go off into a confessional where the kids are talking. And they say, like, Tinder's for hookups. Or Tinder's for, I thought Tinder was for dates. Meeting, and meeting was people. For hooking up. Um, and Oscar kind of skirts the issue. He never really says how, he never comes out and says how he met Tari. Right. Right. Um, and then they go on a side and talk about his ex, Pablo. And the <laughs> kids are gobsmacked to discover that this was a boyfriend because they thought they were just friends. They say it in unison, we thought he was your friend. <laughs> It's very cute, though. Um, and they talk about how, like, they say, like, dad gave us the puberty talk in fourth grade and he gave us the sex talk in fifth grade. But then in their confessional, the son says, I just really want my dad to find love. I know he's a good person or something like that. And it's really, really fucking cute. It's really sweet. Um, <laughs> but I just, I appreciate his level of honesty with his kids, too. I mean, they're 13. They're not immature. But, like, he, he sits them down and tells them things, you know? It's, yeah. It's commendable. Well, but it's funny because, on the one hand, there's all of this transparency. But on the other, when the son, when Axel asked him if he kissed him with tongue, Oscar's yeah. mortified. And yes. he was like... No! So I don't, I think there's a disconnect from him between what he thinks his kids think a hookup is and what it actually is. Like, I think they know what it really is. And I think he thinks it means just like hanging out with someone for one night. That's what they think. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. He says, no, that's personal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then Adon meets up with Doris. Oh, does he ever? He arrives to a cafe or a small restaurant with a speaker that looks like he's about to like be a busker on the sidewalk or sing karaoke somewhere. Yeah. It's the size of like an amplifier. Like it's a big ass speaker. Yeah. And that's what he's decided to play his new song on in the middle of a cafe for Doris. Yep. And so we get a little flashback to Doris reading an email where Adon sent her three of his songs and you can hear her listening to them. <laughs> and what does she say when she's done listening? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she stops it early and just says, nope. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, she says that he's got work to do. And this is where we learn that Adon thinks of Doris as his publicist and his mom as his manager. Well, and this is why I was glad to get some clarity because I myself have been confused all along as to what Doris's role is. And it turns out she's his publicist, but wants to be his manager. Right. So I almost wonder if that contract, that 20% thing was 10% for publicist, 10% for managing. I don't know. Because that would make a lot more sense than just giving your publicist 20%. Right. But I still feel like you can have a manager and a publicist, but they have to work together. Oh, of course they do. Yeah, and I don't, of course they and, do. And he's trying to keep them separate and it's not going to work. Oh, yeah. No, it's not going to work. 
Yeah. Um, so then he plays the song on the speaker and the whole cafe is forced to listen and then bless the film crew for getting a shot of the cafe outside because we can hear how loud it is even from the sidewalk. Mind-numbingly loud. It's but I almost so loud. wonder if... If that was edited to make it seem louder than it really was. Probably. there was a couple shots where the people behind them like one woman was looking around, but the other two were still having their conversation. And if it was as loud as they were making it seem to be, you couldn't have had a conversation. I mean, it was deafening. Everyone yeah. should have been turned around and staring at them and like shooting daggers at the two of them. So either they were warned like, hey, we're filming a TV show, just play along. Or it was not as loud as we were making it, being led to believe it was. I know, but it was still hilarious. That My favorite was the guy who rolled his eyes. Me when they too. cut to the guy, the older guy, and he's just like rolling his eye. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, so he also tells Doris that she's the first person to hear the song. And she harps he's on a liar. it. Yeah, she harps on it for a second. She's like, oh, really? I'm the first person to hear it. And he says, yeah. And she said, oh, I'm honored. And he said, yeah, you are, which was really creepy. So she says, I like it, but I'm not sure who your audience is. And he says it's teenage girls. And she's taken aback by that. And she says, you know, what I see for you is sort of a Michael Blue Blay style singer. And he's like, no, no, like, you know, One Direction, Justin Bieber. In this business, it's the age you look, not the age you are. And she says, I think it's creepy that he's 27 and wants to appeal to teeny boppers. 100%. 100%. I agree with her. I, I do also, too. I, it's interesting too because she references him being in a boy band. And I want to know if that's in reference to his band with Elon. I think so because they were a lot younger when they did oh, it. Okay. I thought maybe he had some other side project when he was younger that we didn't know about that was a full on like in sync type boy band. Well, so think Adon is 27 and Elon and Jenny have been married for what, seven years on the show or something? Yeah. So he was probably 20 when the band broke up. They had been doing some things for a couple of years. So he probably was kind of a boy bander because he was a teenager. No, he was 100% a teenager. But when I think of boy bands, I think of like choreographed dance moves, people not yeah. really playing instruments, like, you know, and they yeah, more like a garage band to me because, you know, they played instruments and... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just what they call it, like colloquially. In the- I'm the probably. Yeah. Um, so then... <laughs> He gives a demo. She asks him how he's different. You know, like, okay, if you're going to appeal to teenage girls, how are you different than all the other singers who want to do that? And he says that his voice, because it's high, you want to push it even higher. It's like an elastic band. And then he explains how it it all comes out of his nose. And he does like this little <laughs> demonstration. And it's not even that high. He says it's all in the nose. And then she says, okay, how low can you go? And he can't at all. Yeah. He just lowers his voice like a kid playing dress up or something. Because unfortunately, because of the fact that he's had no vocal training, he's the kind of person that would do well at karaoke. Like he's a karaoke singer. Like he's not a professional singer. Agreed. And so then he says, there's only one Justin Bieber. There's only one Harry Styles. And that's two out of thousands. Which is way underestimating the number of people who are trying to make it in the song and songwriting industry and singing. Correct. Try millions. And he says, I'll be third. 
Um, I don't disagree with her wanting him to be like this Mexican Michael Buble. I don't hate that for him. No, I don't either. And when I think about like her age and his parents' age and like the people who seem to adore him, it is kind of that age group that is into this kind of different suave like my aunt is really into michael buble and i bet she would love like a latin michael buble well and the other thing too is that because he has no problem riding on um fernando's coattails whatsoever that's the kind of music fernando sings so if you truly want to ride on his coattails and be mini fernando just do it like sing this like do a duet do a duet and then take off by yourself yeah i know i also love doris's glasses Oh, I do too. Yeah, I do too. Who makes those? I really like them. I don't know. I like them a lot as well. Um, so they have like black frames on the front and then they're either clear or very pale, like yellow or gold on the... Um... Oh, I thought it, it was like a goldy beige. Like yeah. a light goldy beige. Yeah, really pretty. Yeah, she looked pretty. I like her in glasses. Um, so then Adon says that the song was finished two hours ago. Like he just got it. And that no one's ever heard the song. And Doris calls him out and says, you're not being honest with me. Pablo told me differently. And Don tries to backtrack and he says that, well, his parents heard it, but when they heard it, it wasn't finished. Yeah. Which was a lie. A total lie. And Doris says in her confessional, if this is how he behaves, then she's, she's over it. And she says to his face, it's either them or me. And I don't understand why he bothered to lie i don't either i mean the parents paid for the studio time so it would not be that egregious if they heard the song before doris especially it was only two hours before like who gives a shit right and i don't quite understand why she doesn't want to work why she can't make it work with mari and just focus on being his publicist but then when i think about how he came to her and said i'm ready to leave my mom and dad behind i'm going to be an adult i'm going to do all these things that was total bullshit and she just thinks he's a liar and wants to drop him as a client oh 100 percent. i mean he was lying to her yeah he still very much wants his parents in his life yeah well in his career so yeah totally and then in our final short scene Oscar arrives at the Intercontinental to meet up with Tarek and we see him knock on the hotel room door. Yes, and it ends with a cliffhanger because he hasn't opened yet. And then next week, we get, this is one of my favorites, um, we get Fernando being a piece of live art at an art show. Um, We get Raquel going on a date. Um, We get Mari versus Doris. And we get Adon performing, and you are in for a real treat, my friends. I can tell. Yeah. (laughs) But that's it. That's it. I hope all of you are out there staying safe and staying healthy, and we will talk to you in a week. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebb at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>